October 21st, 2005. President's order to rescue you. My father? Can't you help me as I'm starting the battle? Too many doses and I'm starting to get an attraction. At a distant research facility, the final 10% of the human genome has just been discovered. And with it, all hell has broken loose. Now, a call for help has gone out. Game time. Listen up, man. We're going in hot. If it breathes, kill it. There's something coming up behind you. It's in the sewer! everybody and welcome to horror movie yearbook i am tim and i'm willie we yes. are yeah we are uh we're recording remotely i am getting over uh covid but i am getting over it but we figure it'd be safer to just do it remotely so there you go. the old covid yeah how you, how you how you holding the, up there tim the bug hit me i'm good i'm i'm much better now thank you um like yes. I said, happy to be vaccinated, happy to be boosted, uh, yes. and getting getting it now. So um, yeah, it is what it is. So uh, yep. uh, there you go. But that's why uh, we might sound a little different this week. But yeah. uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> believe me, this this episode though, you might we might not sound different for too long because we might not go very long because we're talking about doom. So. <laughs> yeah, like like normally, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know we like to. You know, either go, you know, uh, plot beat by plot beat or character by character. There's not a lot of any of that in this movie. So, um, you know, might be a short one. We'll see. If you are a Doom fan, um, keep listening, but don't expect us to. Are you an expert? I'm definitely not. I thought about like I played the game a couple times. I thought about doing some research and then I, like I said, I got sick. And I'm just like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm, I'm playing the Evil Dead game, which we'll talk about in our uh, bonus episode. <laughs> but yes. I'm just like, I'm playing the Evil Dead game. I'm watching Stranger Things. I'm gushing about that. I'm not, I'm not touching Doom right now. Are you, do you, are you knowledgeable of Doom, the game no. series? <laughs> okay, good. So if you are, if you are a fan of the game, <laughs> maybe check out the Midwest Game Nerds and then tell them to talk about Doom at point um, i've played but, it i've played doom 2 for sure like which i played the one for 64 do you know which one that is i think it's doom 64 is it just doom 64 <laughs> yeah i think so yeah which i think was like some sort of i don't know if it was its own thing or a port of so but yeah yeah doom 64 i think is the and then they rebooted the doom series i think recent like in t- like 2016 or so 2016 because and there it, was an animated movie kind of it was it an animated movie i think so that was kind of spun off of this movie that we're going to talk about in 2005 yeah that sounds right yeah 
a lot of, a lot of doom. Not a, not a huge uh, expert though. You know, I've played a little bit here and there, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the movie though. So we're gonna get into why I was excited for this movie back in 2005 in a minute when we jump in the time machine. But uh, real, <laughs> real quick, check out the Midwest Game Nerds. They were talking. They talked about a couple of things. Uh, con- or not words. Monster Rancher One DX. So that episode mm. is out. They've also talked about, they have an episode called A Potpourri of Talk Topics. They talk about, here we go. Now we're talking here. Invisalign, mm. <laughs> Coca-Cola okay. Bite. Coca-Cola Bite, which is the uh, gamer Coke, which uh, Alex dropped off for me a couple weeks ago. And it is essentially just like if you took Coke Zero at the uh, freestyle machine and just put the Raspberry Fanta and mix it with it. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, they talk about Better Call Saul and Ozark. And they talk about Reggie Phil's M.A., you know Reggie Phil's M.A., the Nintendo, former Nintendo? Oh, but of course. Love Reggie. Yeah, I, like, I always like that guy. Yeah, I like that yeah, guy. Yeah, always seems like you get a good vibe. Yes. You get a good vibe from him. They're talking about him. He's got a new book out. So um, Excellent. They read the book They read the book on him, and they are talking about it. Yeah, I always like Reggie Phil's M.A. He was, he was always good at the old E3. He was great. Yeah, yeah always had a great <laughs> presence. Is he still with Nintendo? I don't even know. No, he is not. I don't know where he moved on to. Mm. But he's not with them anymore. Um, I always like that it, guy, though. Yeah, it was no, it was like an amicable thing. I think he just kind of moved on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what is? I'm, I'm curious where he is at. He is. He retired. I mean, did he retire completely? Career. Yeah, it looks like hmm. um, post Nintendo. Oh, sorry. Hi, Twitter. Oh, he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's just kind of uh, participated in the Game Awards. He's been doing some nonprofit stuff. It looks like. Oh, cool. Excellent. Rode off into the sunset. Yeah, good for him. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing fine. Uh, <laughs> so, anything else before we hop in this time machine, Willie? Nope. I think we're good, man. Um, yeah, you know, feel free to send us feedback at all the usual places. Um, or move yearbook at gmail.com, on Twitter at HM Yearbook, we're on Facebook, all that stuff. Yep. Send us feedback, ideas for episodes, whatever you would like to. Uh, get prepped. Start, start watching some Cronenberg. Um, yes. We'll be doing we've, some Cronenberg here soon. We've narrowed it down to 80s Cronenberg, right? Is what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Prime Cronenberg. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll announce the first movie we're doing. Actually, we're doing all five 80s Cronenberg movies, aren't we? <laughs> you did five of them, right? Yes. So, perfect. We strictly, we strictly play 80s Cronenberg, sir. <laughs> Oh my I'm hoping yeah. I'm I'm hoping you know what that was. I think uh, you did. <laughs> I did because I was just about to say I get a, a channel on YouTube TV called MTV Classic, and during <laughs> they have a they have a show they play '80s music videos called I Love the '80s, and it's nothing but '80s doo-wop Joel. And I always text I uh, text my buddy Davis. I'm like, hey, '80s doo-wop Joel, what's up now? Yes, play, play something from the stranger. <laughs> Play something for the stranger. We strictly play 80s Joel, sir. <laughs> 80s Billy Joel doo-wop stocks. It's the best. We're going it's back to two- Step Brothers is the movie we're quoting. Step Brothers, so yes. Yeah. But uh, hit me with a doo-wop time machine as we go back to 2005, Willie. <laughs> Woo! That's some doo wop sound, right? So I'm going to ask for another time machine noise. Here's a, uh, here's a little twist for you in a minute, Ooh. but we went back a few months before release. We went back to July 18th, 2005 this time, because mm. we're going to visit Comic Con. And oh, I want to talk about, I want to talk about why I was excited. Were you excited for the Doom movie in 2005? No, no. <laughs> um, I remember vividly, and I don't know how like 
you know how like as you get older, I feel like your brain deletes more memories. Like, like not yeah. not that you like forget like important things, but you start losing shit that you don't need anymore. Um, and but I still have this vivid memory of going into with my dad. We were shopping for something, some sort of electronic, uh, a TV or a, a DVD player or something at Circuit City. Okay. Okay. And you recall, you remember Circuit City, I'm sure. Yes, of course. Um, and the I remember the guy that was like trying to sell my dad this electronic kept going on about how he was so pumped for the Doom movie that uh, Tom Cruise had signed on, and like he couldn't wait to see Tom Cruise shoot hell demons. And stuff. it was like weird because like my dad didn't prompt this conversation. Like uh, you know maybe my dad mentioned that. Like, I had a Sega Genesis or something, but, like, this guy was just going for it. Like, all of a sudden, he was, like, ranting about the Doom movie and how pumped he was to see Tom Cruise as the Doom guy. And I don't know if there's any truth to any of that. Like, this guy could have been totally, like, uh, high on, on you know, meth. But I, he uh, he was real excited about Tom Cruise as Doom guy. And uh, why that memory... Doom right now, just to see if there are any rumors. But continue, sorry. <laughs> Why that memory is still with me, I don't know. Um, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I archived it here on this this episode, so that when it does disappear, I can look go back and listen and, and uh, remember the Doom guy from Circuit City. So okay, so I did a quick Google search, and there are no rumors of, from what I see, real quick, no rumors of Tom Cruise being cast in the movie Doom, but. I found a Reddit thread that says, Today I learned that Doom was named after a Tom Cruise quote, quote, programmer, Doom programmer John Carmack said in an interview that the game's title was inspired by a scene in The Color of Money. Cruise's character pulls out his custom cue case at a pool hall and someone asks, What do you have in there? And Cruise replies, Doom. Wow. So there you go. Maybe that's what he he just got it all mixed up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Enough of that, but you know uh, that that's a vivid memory. But I was not look. I, I you know I um, I had never played Doom on PC, which is where it initially found its you know popularity and audience. It was of course ported over to consoles, but um, I had played Wolfenstein, which was the precursor to Doom. This was the uh, it's a, it's a video game series still that's been rebooted a couple times. But this was the one where you would fight, you know, you're a, a kind of a, a tough, uh, you know, U.S. soldier fighting Nazis, right? And But it was right. the same idea as Doom. It was a first-person shooter. Oh, excuse me, I burped. Um, kind of hyper-violent for the time, certainly. Um, I think you fight a mech Hitler at the end of the game. Um, pretty rad. Um, but I'd never mess with Doom. And then my dad bought me a 32X. Are you familiar with a 32X? No. Okay. So the Sega Genesis had an add-on called the Sega CD, oh, which okay. you would pl- you plugged it into the side of the Sega. So it kind of grew off the side of your Sega like some sort of abscess or something. <laughs> like it looked weird, but you could play CD-ROM games in it. But they weren't good. Like none of the games were were really very good. Uh, that was the real problem. And then to prolong the life of the Genesis even further, Stega came up with this idea called the Stega 32X, 
which was another thing that you could plug into your Sega to add another weird tumor to it. Um, this time in the top of the Sega that you could play specific 32X cartridges on this system. Uh, so they were 32-bit, so they were they were better than the 16-bit, right? And mm-hmm. Doom, Doom was ported to the 32X. And that was one of the... the I got that game for 32X, and I got uh, Star Wars... Uh, so I got Doom for the 32X. It was a Christmas present, right? I opened up this 32X. I don't even know if I knew what a 32X was. I was like, what, what are we doing here? We're plugging this into the Genesis. Plug it in, my, you know, uh, and uh, it was... Um, the problem was the... Um, the sound, the, the, like the, the music from Doom and the sound effects and all these things... Um, were so weirdly compressed okay. on the 32X, and the graphics kind of sucked. So, like, it was like the crummiest version of Doom you could play. Like, okay. It was bad. Um, so my exposure to Doom was not great. Um, but I played stuff later on, obviously. It's uh, The fun thing about the 32X is I think there were like 13 games made for it. <laughs> like, like, it's embarrassing how short-lived it was. Um, I think I literally, Tim, only wound up owning those two games on 32X. My dad could not have been happy about <laughs> that investment. Well, at least like, he here, here he is, a 90s dad, and he's like, I'm going to extend the life of this Genesis I bought for him, you know, yes. however long ago. And he's thinking, like, now I want, I like, yeah, like, this is cheaper than, you know, like, a new console when those come out. I don't think that the, the PlayStation and stuff would come out at this point. Uh, so he's probably thinking like, man, this is like a cheaper way to keep, you know, keep this thing alive. And, uh, it was not because they didn't support it, but I know one of the rarest games, my understanding, one of the rarest cartridges you can find, uh, from the 16 bit, or I guess this is 32 bit, but whatever era is a game called Spider-Man web of fire that was exclusively made for the 32 X. So, fun little factoid there for you. As a Spider-Man fan, I figured you'd appreciate that. You fight never, Dragon Man. Never even heard of this. So, well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to check this out afterwards. At least check watch, that out, buddy. Watch a YouTube playthrough. Um, Absolutely. So I was excited. I mean, I'm about to share with you why. So, I was a big Rock fan. A fan of The Rock. Of course. And he was still early into his kind of feature film career at this point. He had done... Scorpion King, Rundown, Walking Tall, but none of those really took, even the Rundown, which I think is his, I still think might be his best um, vehicle. Early movie for sure. Yeah, yeah early yeah. movie for sure. It it didn't, it did okay at the box office. It didn't really take yeah. off though. I was hoping. Funny that movie though. Very funny movie. Very, uh, it might be Peter Berg's best movie. But um, anyway, but he had he was he had just done be cool. He was starting. He was also he's getting into this weird thing too in his career. We'll talk about Rock's career later. But I was waiting for him to kind of get his breakthrough, like his Terminator, his mm-hmm. franchise, his thing that was um was going to that they were going to build around him. And I thought Doom was going to be it. I kind mm-hmm. of like I went oh I knew nothing about Doom though. So like, but I thought like okay, this is going to be like the Terminator. It's going to be like his sci sci fi action franchise, and I kind of sure. think he thought the same thing. But I remember there being some early, some early rumors um, about how they there was going to be no hell, no Mars, all this stuff, and then so 
I remember the exact article, and I'm going to. <laughs> um, this is from Comic Con, and this is from. I found it still out there, and I will. Oh, I wow. will not. Uh, I will not. Um, point anybody to go to ain't it cool news anymore because whoever was in charge of it was a creep but this is not him that wrote it so this is quint you remember quint from ain't it cool news i remember liking quint yeah Yeah, i think he was the tv guy if i recall Mm -hmm. but he was he was covering comic-con 2005 and the article is comic-con quint's got good news for doom fans oh boy (laughs) so he says uh, he attended the panel that had John Wells, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, who we yes. love, obviously, uh, Carl Urban, and The Rock. And he says he had written off Doom after all the world started coming out that there would be no hell, no Mars, and no creatures, um, and that they were going for a PG-13. However, he says, confirmed in the movie, Mars imps, Hell Knight, the Baron, Pinky Demons, Gore, this made me smile. He said, so he's reassuring all the Doom fans who, by the way, I did not, I did not give a crap about Doom. I always confused Doom with Duke Nukem, which was the much better game because <laughs> you could. Oh, I played a ton of Duke Nukem. Yeah. <laughs> and Rock always should have made, he should have made the Duke Nukem movie that he was rumored to be in for a while. That would have been really good. Yeah. You know what's funny is Cena would be a really good Duke Nukem. Yes. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but then here's some quick tidbits from the panel that Quint wrote down to get people to whet the appetite a little bit. Uh, Carl Urban is the main character, not the rock who plays Sarge rock liked that character better. He says, yeah. So they, 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 that was the plan was like, they, they approached rock to play the John Grimm lead right role. And he found it. He said it was not as interesting as Sarge. So uh, it's well, much I mean, character. Yeah. what a power play to, <laughs> To make this early on in your your burgeoning you know Hollywood career, Rock. and I do well, I do think a lot of his his movies, like I said, they hadn't bombed, but he hadn't that hero role role wasn't suiting him real well. And this is before he started doing like the kind of the Disney movies, the Southland Tales, the yeah, yeah. Uh, sports movies he did. He started to stretch himself a little bit more around this time, so he may have wanted to just play stretch his acting skills a little bit. Yeah. This was when Rock was almost in what. In some ways, Batista's doing a little bit headier stuff now, but similar to Batista, who, like, Rock was trying at this point. Yeah. Um, but he said he liked the character of Sarge better because he could explore his darker side. Ooh. The darker side of the Rock. Um, he says he and Carl both played the original Doom and its sequels. Rock said he got nauseous uh, while playing Doom, and I don't blame him because I've played Doom 64, and it's like you're on wheels and it's all first person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tough to play those early first-person games now. It is. It really is. Uh, the Rock on the film. It's unapologetic as hell, faithful and gory. That could be argued. Uh, the demons <laughs> and monsters are based off of creatures in Doom Three. Uh, the BFG was huge, according to The Rock. Um, it is. <laughs> the intensity of the game is in the movie, says The Rock. From minute five, we're there on a nonstop trade ride to hell. Rock and sell. Um, Oh yeah, <laughs> what's the line from Tommy Boy? Uh, catch a pops, catch a popsicle, catch a popsicle to a woman in my clothes. <laughs> no, no that, he's he's always hey. There's a reason why the Rock is the Rock. <laughs> but here is what here is what got me the most stoked. They showed the trailer and then they showed the clip, and you know the clip that I would I'm about to talk about because it's the it was three minutes of the first person shooter segment, and. Yeah. This hadn't really been done before in this style. Of course, there's been plenty of 
POV. I mean, Carpenter, DePaul, all that. But this was like, they were putting you in the Doom game. It was like you were, and they showed it. And like, this got a pretty decent reaction from people who attended the Comic-Con back then. Well, it was a full, it it was the first time I think a full action sequence had been done in this style. So yeah, it was, it was, it was different. Um, what was the uh, Charlton Copley Hardcore Henry? I think Hardcore Henry is the one that did it the whole time. A full right? movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is interesting. I never actually watched it, but I, uh, cool. yeah, kind of a cool concept. But anyway, the, it was it was exciting. I remember seeing this footage, and I was like, man, this is pretty cool looking. Like they might actually pull this off. I remember, yeah, I remember watching some footage. I can't remember if they released it officially or if I watched some bootleg stuff. And I went, oh, this is bootleg cool. For like, me, yeah, yeah th- this is cool. I'm pretty excited for this. And, and they claimed it was only. Half of it. I don't. The sequence is about five or six minutes in the movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's they're probably they're probably not far off. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was good good enough in the sequence, but that is what sold me, and that's what got me excited uh, for mm-hmm. the movie. Um, but real quick, um, I'm going to scroll down here. Let's see what the. Yeah. Uh, it's always a good idea to read the comments. Let's see what the talkbackers are up to. Oh boy! <laughs> you remember the talkback? I do. In a cool news, it was essentially the comment section, and it was notoriously uh, shitty. So I'll I'll skip over the uh, really bad ones. Um, a lot yeah, of people. Some gross, gross <laughs> yeah. stuff. A lot of people are not excited because video game movies around this time didn't have the best. We get a lot of we got a lot of Uwe Boll movies around this time, didn't we? Yes, this was a dark period for video game movies. I think Alone in the Dark was recent, like released House around this time. Dead. Yeah, that which which is embarrassingly bad. Blood um, Rain. Well, I'm just naming Uwe Boll movies now. But. Yeah, you are, but that's about it. Um, it. They were not good. Oh, the Resident um, Evil movies had were around this time too. Yes, and and so those did pretty well. The budgets were low. Uh, the box office was impressive for the budget, um, but certainly the. You know, critically, of course, they didn't do well, and and I think fans generally did not appreciate those movies. Just there, there is an audience for those Resident Evil movies, so yes. they they did pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the uh, ghost of Marcus Brody says, "Paperboy, the motion picture would make a better movie than this." Uh, Warp Eleven said, "Wow, I had no hope for the film, but now." The way Quint talked about it, this just might work. So I'm not the only one excited here. Someone All asked, right. <laughs> someone asked, any news on the Metroid movie? And if you finish <laughs> the film version of Metroid in under two hours, do you get to see Seamus take her helmet and suit off? Spoiler for Metroid. Uh, yeah, Sirius Black says, you know, the funny thing is I really can smell what the rock is cooking and it smells like steamed broccoli. Oh, wait, that's me. I need a bath. <laughs> Sorry. What the hell? Uh, Great joke here. Children of Doom would have been great if Lynch had directed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's so dumb. dumb. It says, Uwe Boll is directing Castle Castle Wolfenstein. No Nazis. They're doing it with Weimariners instead. I don't really get that. Weimariners. Weimariners? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I think it's a a breed of dog. Yes. (laughs) I I didn't really get that. I'm what that's about, but. Uh, someone says, "Uh oh, it's only a matter of time before the religious right on the Superman Returns talkback find out and hijack this talkback too." Oh boy. I, I was reading that uh, without context at all. So apparently, some things were going down on the Superman Returns. Talkback. My goodness! Let's uh, let's finish this off here with uh, 
one person, one more person excited. He says, Doom is going to kick some serious ass, baby. Yeah. Zilla B says, I'm fucking psyched after reading that. Bring it on. So many exclamation points. In oh, man. So I'm hoping Zilla B got what he wanted <laughs> from, <laughs> from Doom. So uh, Willie, hit me with one more time machine as we jump ahead to October 21st of 2005. <laughs> All right, real, all right, let me read this bad boy off. Space Marines are sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. Oh, yes. <laughs> Directed by Andre Barkoviak. Now, Andre Bakar- Barkoviak, a, a fine career. Let me read off his IMDb real quick. Okay. He is a DP. He, actually, he's done a lot of... Uh, cinematography uh dp yeah. work and he's Yo. done some he's done like terms of endearment twins Prizzy's honor uh losing isaiah speed he did sure. the uh living on the edge music video the aerosmith video dante's peak devil's advocate jade jade Ooh. i know you're a now big fan talking. of the joke and 40 year old version about oh it's great <laughs> it's great uh any, any jade joke i can get i'll take <laughs> no, his yeah, right. Uh, now his uh, his filmography as a director is a little more more hit or miss. Romeo must ba- Romeo must die was the Jet Li Aaliyah movie. If I am correct. yeah, isn't DMX in that too? Is DMX in that one? I'm clicking on it right isn't now. He? I thought it was uh, Jet Li Aaliyah, DMX, Isaiah Washington, yeah. and Delroy Lindo. God, that's a cast. <laughs> that's a hell of a cast. Um, I've seen that. I could not tell you anything about it. No, uh, I don't remember anything about it. Exit Wounds, which I believe is another DMX movie. It is with Steven Seagal. DMX and Seagal, yeah. Yeah, you've seen that. that. (laughs) That's a marriage of two things you love. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember hating it. Uh, Cradle to the Grave, which is a Jet Li and DMX movie. He's done Jet Li, DMX, and Mark Dacascos. So he's done three. uh, He has done the DMX trilogy. He has. Yeah, he's directed DMX three times. Uh, done two Jetly DMX collabs. I mean, yes, it's fantastic. His last big ish movie was After Doom in 2009, and I know you're a fan of this movie. Another vi- great video game adaptation. It was Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, that's a the, you know everybody should see that movie. Um, and I mean everybody, at least to see Chris <laughs> Klein. If you if you don't just see you can watch the YouTube clips. I prefer watching the entire movie because it's one of those movies that's uh, not very exciting. So when Klein shows up in his wild eyed glory, like oh. it really it really takes it by storm. It's a celebration of life when <laughs> when Klein shows up. Plus, it's got Robin Shu, which we didn't get nearly enough Robin Shu right. just in, in general in our lives. So yeah. So there you go. We're talking about Doom, though. Willie, what do you what do you think? Tell me all about your thoughts on Doom, <laughs> and tell me like we'll dishwalla song. Oh man, yeah, uh, a dishwalla song's pretty good actually. Um, yeah. I saw Doom in the theater. I don't know why. If I'm being honest, I wasn't like. <sighs> I was a wrestling fan at the time, so maybe it was because The Rock was in it. Maybe. I can't tell you why I saw it in the theater. I just know that I did. Um, And I remember thinking, man, this movie feels like a video game in a lot of ways. 
um, which is something that I did not have to say about a lot of video game adaptations at this point. What I mean by that, and I still feel the same way, is like the the map of the movie feels like a video game map, like the geography of this film, like like they're constantly like leaving this room and going to another room to like check out a wing of this space station and then returning to the room with new information or items. Like it feels like a video game to me. Do you keep wanting to, um, pause, to, to pause the movie to take a look at the map real quick before you go on to the next kind movie? of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, I don't know if that's by design or just a nature of the, like the nature of the fact that like this movie didn't have a huge budget. And so they probably only had so many sets uh, in which to shoot. Um, I'm not sure, but it kind of works. Like it does feel like a video game. Like you've been dropped in this, in this, uh, space station and you have to discover the mystery of what's happened to the people, um, the scientists on board. Um, the characters are, (laughs) the characters are by and large just kind of archetypes. I mean, they, they are, it's nothing you haven't seen before. If you've watched any sort of like tough guys in space fighting monsters movie, and there's a lot of those or just tough guys fighting creatures movies in general. Um, there's, you know, the nasty creepy guy that you just want to see killed. There's the big tough hulking monster guy that kicks ass, but inevitably gets killed by the monster. Um, there's the dweeb. There's the, you know, tough leader of the pack. There's the kind of silent badass in the group. Like, there's all of these things. They they, they are all they're all tropes of this this type of film, and they're all present, and they're all fine, and they all serve their purpose. Um, I dig that this movie really leans into practical effects. I'll say that. Um, this was a time when I think they easily could have thrown uh, CG stuff at you. Uh, consistently. Stan Winston. And right? Stan Winston. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. 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 His studio uh, worked on the, the creature effects. Um, they could have easily done that, and at the time it would have been fine. But this movie would not have aged well at all from a from an effects standpoint if they'd done that, because CG effects in 2005 were not um, what they are today. And CG effects in general don't age well. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, low budget, high budget. Even like you watch The Matrix, and The Matrix is a great film, right? But like you recognize those 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 effects feel very of the time. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I think with practical, that's not as not as much of an issue because what you're seeing was on set and was being interacted with by the actors on set. There are good practical effects and bad practical effects, but regardless, what you're seeing is at least a tangible, physical um, uh, presence on set. So I appreciate them going for that with the creature effects. Um, it's a bit of a, a smorgasbord of, of stuff. It, there's a little predator in here, a little aliens in here, uh, a little bit of the Doom video games in here. It's just kind of like a, it's kind of a, a, a nice stew. Or a jambalaya, if you will. It's just the, they're taking stuff that has worked in previous uh, sci-fi horror creature features and kind of dumping it in the pot and storing it around. And 
spewing it out and this is what you get. And, 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 and it mostly works. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I do think it's a little bit of a boring movie for what, it, for what it's adapting. Um, there's never a point in which I'm bored playing a Doom game. Uh, Doom games tend to be like run through corridors and blast everything in your way. You know what I mean? Like there's a very fast-paced, frenetic vibe to Doom games. It's not like a Resident Evil game where you're taking your time to investigate something or figure out a puzzle. Or the, The pacing is different in Doom. And... This movie definitely drags for a while in the, in the middle, um, considering the fact that it is an adaptation of a game that is so fast-paced and is so action-heavy. Um, but... It's, it's not an express I, express train to hell, like The Rock said, right? It's it more, is not. It is not. Like it's more like an Uber. <laughs> it's a bit of an Uber with maybe like a driver who is not in a hurry. Um, and we've all been there. Um no, I mean it's it's it like I I think it's a it's a fun time, and I think it picks up. You you had said everything builds to, and this is this is you, so I'm I'm stealing your your thunder here a little bit. You had mentioned everything builds to that first person sequence, and you couldn't be more on point, um, because it does. There are are cool, fun, suspense moments here sprinkled throughout. Maybe a brief action bit here and there throughout. Some cool creature stuff, but like everything builds to that. The frenetic energy of that first person sequence, and the movie does roll from then on. And I enjoy that last, I guess, third of the movie or the final act, I guess. Um, quite a bit, and I think it really, really feels like a Doom movie, even if the plot's not exactly the same as the games, and they change things, blah, blah, blah. Like, it feels like a Doom movie. Everything leading up to that is okay. You know? It's okay. Um, so, yeah. Great third act. Tons of fun. Had just an absolute blast. Including the, the hammy rock performance. Everything building up to that is fine. It's it's kind of like the boring parts of all the Resident Evil movies for the first hour of this movie, if I'm being honest. Right. And then like the last bit is like kick ass and sweet. It it is an express elevator to hell. Um <laughs> or whatever the hell the, the rock said. It takes its time to get there, but it does get there. So he didn't lie to us. He just maybe uh exaggerated a bit. So what do you think, Tim? Uh this movie. So the thing is I watched this movie. And I texted you that I also jumped on our Discord immediately. And this is why I don't mm. post anything anymore, like, online. <laughs> I said, I still like this movie. I still like Doom. And then, like, a day later, I regretted that. Like, do I like this movie or do I just, like, like <laughs> you said, the last, like, 15 to 20 minutes of this movie from the first-person shooter thing on? Because when you when you when you finish the movie and then you get into the like the kind of cool closing credits that are like a video game as well like you're kind of you leave on a high with this movie and the big the big issue is like you mentioned the first hour or so of this movie uh you are pretty it's pretty much on the same level which is pretty mediocre kind of boring sometimes some of the characters are not real deep Okay, they're not deep at all. 
<laughs> but um, but it does redeem itself with that first person shooter sequence, which honestly is about the only reason I think this movie was made. So re- let's do this. Let's see if I can. Because the thing is, the other thing is, I said I liked it, and then I realized, like a day later, I'm like, I can't remember any of this movie. So that's gonna... it's one of those movies, right? <laughs> yes. Where like you. <laughs> You watch it and like, like, okay, that was fine. Like, I, I, I'm not mad about, you know, spending my time or money uh, on that. But then, like, the next day, you're like, well, it was that movie. Like, what happened? I remembered going into this, Tim. And I've seen this movie a couple times. Um, I think you and I watched this, by the way, like, not long after we first met. Okay. Together. I think you and I watched it on the how like... My friend, who I lived with at the time, his couch, I think you and I, uh, either drunkenly or the next day hungover, watched this on the couch. This seems this seems definitely like something we did. I'm pretty sure it was something we would do, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. So, anyway, but it totally is that movie where you, you go, what did I watch? Like, what, what, what happened in that movie? And I only remember two things going into this movie, and it was like, I remember the, the big, giant, cool badass monster black dude fighting the monster in the pit. Okay. I remembered that. And I remember the first person sequence. That was it. Like this, those are the two things I remember from the movie. So anyway, continue. Let's try to, let's try to jog our memory here. I'll stop after each sure. paragraph here. Okay. In, yes. In 2026, a wormhole portal, the Ark to an ancient city on Mars is discovered deep below the Nevada desert. Oh yeah. Let's, let's that seems like a stretch. I don't think we're going to get there. <laughs> By, uh, by four years from now. 20 years later, the 85 personnel at the Union Aerospace Corporation, the UAC research facility on Mars, are attacked by an unknown assailant. Following a distress call sent by Dr. Carmack, love his, uh, love his nuts, a squad of eight <laughs> Marine are sent, eight Marines are sent to the research facility. The team includes squad leader Sergeant Asher, Sarge, Mahonen, Duke, Goat, <laughs> Destroyer, Portman, uh, Natalie's brother, uh, Mac. You're naming all these characters, and I have no idea which ones they are. A rookie named Kid, and John okay, Reaper Grimm. Okay, so let's. Oh yeah, now we're talking. Okay, okay. I can name. I can tell you who three of those people are. Okay, Destroyer's so- the big, the big cool black dude. Okay, because his name's Destroyer. <laughs> like he's obviously that guy. Like he's a. Who badass. is Richard um, Brake? Is he goat? No, I think he's Portman. I'm looking right now. Ben Daniels. Why does he have a why does he have a dorky name? Like why is he not like Weasel or something? Like why is he like it doesn't make sense. Um and then obviously John Grimm, of course. Yes. Yes, our hero. So so this is essentially what we've got here is just an aliens ripoff, right? Is what we're oh, dealing with here. <laughs> and, and there's been so many, right? I mean, this By is, this yeah. point, yeah, we're all exhausted. Yeah. There's a little bit of Predator in here, too. There's a little bit more Predator influence than I think people maybe have. Uh, Aliens is the obvious one, but Predator, there's some Predator in here, too, because it is the, like, look at us, we're a badass squad of guys. We're going to go in here and whoop some ass and, and take care of business and then, like, get annihilated. There's a bit of that in here, too. So they're, This is a pretty unlikable group, though. Like, they're kind of, they just, like, and it's not even so much, well, Richard Brake, Portman, is very unlikable because he's just gross and skeezy. Oh, he's just, yeah, oh, yeah, he's dripping sleeves, yeah. But, Which, it's but, Richard Brake. I mean, <laughs> like, that's kind of what he does. <laughs> that's his thing. 
Um, but the rest, they just kind of snipe, snipe at each other, just kind of shitty towards each other. Like, you don't like being around them much. <laughs> no, there's no, like, there's no element of camaraderie here. Like, there's no, that's one thing, like, I think they get wrong in so many of these kind of, like, alien ripoffs, air quotes, um, is that with aliens, yes, there were quips and there was, you know, jokes back and forth and, and there was some sniping at each other, but, like, they always felt I thought in aliens to be like there was there were established relationships and like at the end of the day they were gonna like help each other in like dangerous situations. Um, there was a camaraderie there regardless of uh, clashing personalities. In so many of these ripoffs, including Doom, like they they just keep the quippy and the sniping and they remove all, any and all of the actual like camaraderie element of the team. Like, yeah. So it makes them unlikable. It makes them just feel like a bunch of jerks who like are forced to be near each other, which might be more realistic. I don't know, but. <laughs> so, so they are sent on a search and destroy mission to Mars with UAC only concerned with the retrieval of computer data from their anthropology, archaeology, and genetic experiments. The team uses the arc to reach Mars, ordering the Earth site on lockdown. Arriving on Mars, they have met, are met by UAC employee Pinky. Reaper <laughs> finds his twin sister, Dr. Sam Grimm escorts her to retrieve the data. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I'm getting oh my God. Out of this. Uh, he learns it's that funny a... as hell, dude. <laughs> you just mentioned a character named Pinky <laughs> well, and then, Sam Grimm. I don't know. To retrieve the data is such a, like a video game objective. It's, like, it's, it's generic. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> he learns that at a dig site where the their parents were accidentally killed earlier, was reopened, uh, the dig site was reopened, and ancient skeletons of a humanoid race genetically enhanced with an artificial 24th chromosome pair were discovered. So, okay, so we have talked about the games. I assume this is from the games. I don't know. Is this from the games? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, like, the Mars thing is, like, they go to Mars. Like, okay, look, I apologize if you're a Doom fan. I'm probably going to annoy you right now. Here is my understanding of the, of the doom games there's experiments done on mars that open up a portal to hell to like biblical hell on mars um and demons come out and people get possessed and turn into kind of like uh zombie-esque you see some of that in this movie actually like zombie type soldiery people um but there's also like hell demons that shoot laser beams and fireballs at you and stuff like that. Th this removes the hell, the, yeah. the, the, the biblical hell aspect and makes it into like a, like a, an ancient alien race thing. So right. I, th and I'm sure that's by design. I'm sure that's like, we don't want to piss off the Catholics too much, but I don't know why. I, guess. I will say this. I, I Googled Doom real quick, and the video game, yeah. the covers to the games are bitching. <laughs> like, they oh, they're so <laughs> sweet. Dude, they look like the coolest. Like, I want those covers spray painted on a van. Yeah. The that, Doom, I, that I own. The Doom 3 uh, Resurrection expansion, Resurrection of Evil expansion pack is just like a, a flames and like a skull that's flying out of them. It fucking rules. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> it looks like it looks rules. Like, Dio album. Um, so, oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, while searching for survivors in the, oh, should we? Do you have anything to say about Doctor Sam Grimm before we move on? Uh, <laughs> no, Rosamund Pike from coming off of fresh off of Die Another Day, the best Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Rosamund Pike, uh, 
she um I, I've always liked her until Gone Girl. Okay, I have not seen Gone Girl. Yeah, and I, she's I she's either so good in that like no she's so good in that movie that I have a hard time watching her in okay. stuff because she pisses me off so much in Gone Girl. <laughs> so there you go. Um, have you looked up have you, real quick? Have you looked up the Doom and Doom Two covers for the original games? Well, we're um, on the air right now. Please look up the covers for Doom and Doom Two. Are you talking about uh, him shoot, like shooting at the big beast in Doom Two? So Doom Two cover. Doom. The Doom cover is him surrounded by demons uh, and just unloading some sort of space gun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the Doom Two cover, yes, is him fighting some sort of um, giant hell beast. It's so sweet. The, <laughs> yeah. the covers are the best. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Um, while searching for survivors in the facility, the Marines find a traumatized and injured Dr. Carmack and escort him to the medical lab for treatment, but he later disappears. The Marines shoot an unknown creature in the genetics lab that leads them down into the facility sewer where it attacks and kills Goat. They See, kill this is a video game. We're doing <laughs> genetics labs and sewers. Like, we're, this is a video game. They kill the creature and take it to the medical lab where Sam performs an autopsy and discovers that its organs are human. She and Duke witness goat resurrecting and killing himself by smashing. I like that part by smashing his head against a reinforced Mm. window. I I dug that part. The two are attacked by a creature trap it and soon deduce that it is a mutated Dr. Carmack. All right. That's the end of that. So um, real quick, I wanted to touch on the writer actually. Mm. Sure. Did you, did you seek out like one, any of the old screenplay? Cause there were other versions of these, like this had been, they had been trying to get this movie off the ground for a while before it was made. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I I did see um, on our Discord. Please uh, feel free to uh, check out us out on Patreon. Shameless plug yes. um, to join our Discord to join the the conversation we're having there. Um, we have a uh, uh, a friend on the Discord who um, has a show of his own uh, screenplay screenplay archaeology. Uh, yes. Another shameless plug. Um, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, do you are you familiar with the? Uh, are these available? The the, the uh, there's a, there's a Alan McElroy, McElroy script for Doom that was written that exists, but it is not out there in the open. This was apparently the script that was um, was this Arnold? Was Arnold attached? When Arnold to was attached. Okay, to play the lead. So he would have but played the not, Carl Urban character. I I mean." I don't know if it would have been the Carl. Like, oh, you're right, because that. it would have been, yeah. Yep. Because I think, like, the, the late character in the Doom games is just Doom Guy. Like, um, there's no, he's, like, the nameless badass who fights demons. I don't think there's really, like, a backstory to him that I'm aware of. I think they've changed him to call him, uh, he's not Doom Guy anymore, he's Doom Slayer, which is pretty okay. sweet. Um, <laughs> super cool. I, kind of, I kind of like the simplicity of Doom, Doom Guy rules. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If they ever put him in Smash Brothers, he should be called Doom Guy. Um, but uh, it, it, apparently it's not readily, readily available. There's not a ton of information on it. So I don't know exactly if it's like, I don't know if it's more faithful to the games or if they borrowed elements of that. Te- that you know, if you've ever done any reading on on abandoned uh, scripts, and I know, Tim, you've read uh, yeah. uh, plenty, especially on the uh, Halloween series, because you've let me borrow your, uh, your copies right. of the um, elements of previous drafts that are completely unrelated from different writers tend to find their way into the next draft. 
Um, and I think that generally is a studio thing. But uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if there are similar elements that came over from the McElroy script into this. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I, I'd love to read it. I would. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Studio filmmaking is such a strange piece because you're right. They probably like read drafts and they earmark certain stuff that they can budget yep. for, yep. and then they yep. to carry it over into the. It's such a weird like, and it's part of the reason why I do my best not to blame writers if a movie is bad. Because well, yeah, for sure. No, they there are studio. You're 100 percent right. They they go through, and even if they reject a script, they're going to like certain elements of it, and right. oftentimes for whatever reason, they either want a new set of eyes on it or they don't want to keep that, that particular writer attached uh, for whatever reason it might be. And, but they like certain elements and they will, that, that's like a mandate. It's like yes. a write your script, but this sequence needs to stay. Right. Find a way to frame the script, <laughs> your script around the sequence or around this plot element or whatever. So it's, it's, it's funny how that out. The classic Kevin Smith, uh, John Peters, giant robot, giant spider robot from Superman Returns story. That's not one of the evening with Kevin Smith where he talks about how John Peters, was it John Peters, I think? Um, I believe so, yeah. He wanted this giant spider robot in Superman Returns and Smith like tried to put it in and then the movie didn't get made. And then in Wild Wild West, there it was, the giant spider robot. A few years later, he he finally got it. He loved the giant spider robot so much he had to have it. And and one thing that I think people forget is like producers sometimes want to be writers. Yes. And producers, but they don't want to write. A lot of the time, they just want to be able to say, I'm the one who shepherded that idea. I'm the one that made that idea happen. And oftentimes it is to the detriment of the actual finished product. Not always, but but oftentimes. So So this is written by David Callahan. And I'm bringing it up because he has some recent credits that are interesting Mm. and movies that we like. He wrote, this was his first like big movie. Okay. And actually, it's first kind of screenplay ever. But he also wrote the screenplay for the first Expendables. But recently, mm-hmm. he did Wonder Woman 1984, which was not well received. But he also did the Mortal Kombat from 2021. He wrote that movie. He wrote. Wait. And he wrote. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What was his name? This is David Callahan. Interesting. I think Greg Russo wrote the it, this says, new Mortal Kombat. He's got him credited for the screenplay Interesting. on IMDb. So. Yeah, Greg Russo and him, I guess. So the story was oh, okay, okay. So it's, it may have been a collaboration, yes. But he also gotcha. wrote cool. he also wrote uh, Shang Chi, and he he's got a credit oh. on that, along with a couple other writers. But he wrote that as well, and he's he's currently working on the Into the Spider Verse sequels. So interesting, an interest, yeah, an interesting filmography from Dave Callahan, but who was a younger writer when he wrote Screen with Wesley Strick as the other one on there. But that was the one that caught my eye. All right, let's get back into this plot. The squad methodically tracks down and destroys several of the creatures, though Mac, Destroyer, and Portman die in the process. Thank goodness Portman's out of there, real scuzz bucket. An angered Sarge kills the mutated Dr. Carmack. Sam, Reaper, and Sarge learn that UAC was experimenting on humans using the Martian chromosome C24, harvested from the remains of the ancient skeletons. But the mutants got loose, leading to the outbreak. Sam and Reaper try to convince Sarge that the creatures are humans from the facility mutated by the C24 serum. 
and that not all of those infected will fully transform into the creature. Sam hypothesizes that some of those injected with C24 will develop superhuman abilities, but retain their humanity. It's a nice little, nice little gift. Uh, While others with a predisposition for violent or psychotic behavior will become creatures, a pattern she believes also happened with the Martians who built the Ark to escape. Let's talk about, I want to talk about Carl Urban real quick because he is the lead, John Grimm in this. Carl Urban, this was 2005. So I don't think, this sounds kind of, and I like Carl Urban a lot and we'll talk about stuff I like him in. I don't like him much in this movie. I think he's kind of bland in this movie and boring. And I think, I don't want to put it all on him. I think some of it's the writing and I think some of it's directing. I think some of it is just, it's not a particularly interesting character. I also think Rock gets to have more fun in this movie and he's stuck playing kind of the straight man. What are, what's your opinion on old Carl Urban's performance in Doom? Yeah, I mean, he's boring. Um, Like, (laughs) I really like Carl Urban. Urban. And like, he's, he's, I, so what Lord of the Rings films had come out at this point? He had shot so, them all, but yeah, where were so, we get with that? So this is his, uh, these are his credits to this point. I, there's not many of them, so I'm just going to, well, some TV stuff. He also did some Xena. He did a few episodes of Xena, sure. uh, 12 episodes, but he did Ghost Ship. Carl Urban was in Ghost Ship. Okay. Which I, no one ever remembers that movie. They remember the the opening sequence. (laughs) The Two Towers and Return of the King had been out. And also Chronicles of Winnet. He played Vaco in Chronicles of Rivet. Oh boy. He was kind of known best at this point for his brief role in the Born Supremacy. I remember thinking yes. people thought he was really cool in that. Like, I remember him getting some buzz coming out of He's that. like an assassin, right? In, in yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so, no, like, like what's, this is, this is, I guess, if you look at that filmography, the recent, like, the movies that have recently been released, I think Return was, what, 04? Return of the King, I think, was 04. Uh, 03, um, yeah. 03. So, like, there was some Carl Urban buzz, I think. Like, I would say he was on the same level at this point in time as, like, an Orlando Bloom, where, like, he had made his break in those Lord of the Rings movies. They were hugely popular, and he was starting to take relatively uh, decent-sized roles in American films. Um, the difference here was Carl Urban, I think, got saddled with roles that were not great most of the time, or they were cool roles that he excelled in, but they were smaller roles like a born, um, born supremacy. So I liked Carl Urban at this point. I don't think he's great in this movie. I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the character and the way he's written. He's written as the cipher. So he is the audience surrogate in a lot of ways. Yes. He's got his own unique backstory and his connection to his sister and so on and so forth, but he's written to be the stoic, badass who he's broken man haunted past to quote wedding crashers. He's like that hero who like, we know that he had a tough upbringing like, but he doesn't let anybody in. He's cold and calculated, but he's got a heart of gold underneath. Those characters are always kind of, those characters are always kind of bland and boring. Um, They have their place certainly in movies like this action movies and stuff, but like he's just a little bit, he doesn't do anything to, um, make that character in the script do anything beyond what it does on the page. There's no, but I think it's because he's he's a young actor. I don't think he's done it. He hasn't been a leading man, you know. And I think that if you watch the trajectory of his career and you watch 
what he's done since then. I think Carl Urban's fantastic. We were just talking about the boys. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, he's he's. I think he's, he's kind really of found good. his. I think he's found his role. There. Like I think that's the best role of his career in a lot of. Yeah, movies. he's great so, in it. Yeah. He's great. He's great in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But I, everybody is. I mean that that those movies are their own kind of perfect beast in my opinion. But um, he's great on the boys and like, I what I like about Carl Urban is like, Carl Urban is an actor who has never been afraid to. He doesn't seem to have that like Hollywood leading man pretentiousness about him. Where like he's not afraid to take roles that are not going to be terribly flattering. Uh even when he is the leading man. The boys is not a flattering like he's a, he's kind of gross and like yeah. dirty and nasty in the boys. Judge Dredd or Dredd. He loves, he was, he he loves played, the Dredd character, right? Dude, he loves it, and he's never, you don't see his face once in that movie. It rules. <laughs> like, not there. There are not many actors who would agree to that shit. I'm sorry, there there are not. Uh, not not many actors of his kind of where he's at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that rules. That tells me every, everything I need to know about Carl Urban. I feel like, like that that's enough for me to say like, yeah, I like this guy. Um, but no, is he great in Doom? No, he's not great in Doom. Um, uh, but you know. He serves his purpose. He's our leading man. And he's kind of a cipher for the audience. He's he's the guy that we have to root for purely because everybody else is so shitty. <laughs> right. That 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 we have to root for Carl Urban because he's less shitty than than the rest. So let's I'm gonna blow through this ending here as fast as I can so we can get out of here. Uh, some creatures yeah. use the Ark to reach Earth where they slaughter or mutate the research staff. The Marine Sam Pink it, the Marines, Sam and Pinky, follow and Sarge orders the squad to sanitize the entire facility. When Kid informs Sarge that he found but refuses to kill a group of survivors, Sarge executes Kid for insubordination, leading to a standoff with an armed Pinky. Where this is what Rock liked, by the way. Yes, this is the stuff yes. that Rick, Rock liked. This stuff he wanted to get. <laughs> he wanted to get his hands dirty. Yeah. The group is suddenly attacked by creatures who kill Duke and drag Sarge and Pinky away. Reaper is wounded by a ricocheting bullet to prevent him from bleeding to death. Sam injects her brother with the C-24 serum, despite his concern that his violent past deep predisposes him to transform into a creature. Mm. Reaper regains consciousness and finds his wounds have healed and that Sam has gone missing. Using his new C-24 superhuman <laughs> abilities, he fights his... I wish that I had C-24 be so sweet <laughs> i would also fight my way through a facility even battling a mutated and monstrous pinky before finding sam with sarge who has become infected and has murdered the group of survivors kid had previously found reaper and sarge battle both of them enhanced with superhuman powers reaper is able to gain the upper hand and throw sarge through the arc back to mars along with a grenade which destroys sarge and the mars facility reaper then carries his unconscious sister into the elevator and rides back up to the ground level in nevada so that's it real quick before we get out of here yeah. i do want to talk about the rock a little bit yeah yeah this is that that third act kind of belongs to him in some ways he gets to say semper fi motherfucker and yeah he really, he really nails that line this is we mentioned it i think this is rock i think this is the most interesting point in his career because mm. let's let's jump into his filmography real quick too. i mean i think you're like before as you're doing that i think you're right um i here's the thing about the rock at a certain point, 
he's not an actor anymore. Like he's the rock is a brand now. Right. So, so there are three kind of phases to the rock's career in my opinion. And I'm just spitballing here. Just, this is just off the top of my head. There is the early phase where he is wrestler turned actor, right? Yes. He's not being ter- taken, taken super seriously as an actor. You know, he's done bit parts on TV, like a lot of wrestlers do at that point. He's done Mummy Returns and Scorpion King, and like you said, wa- uh, Walking Tall. Um, and then there's like, there's like, I want to be an actual actor, rock, like a serious actor, rock. Yes. Which is which is which is another interesting. Yeah, real quick, I want to. I'm going to name off starting in 2005 because Doom is in 2005. Yeah. Earlier this year, he had done Be Cool, which is not a very good movie, but he is very good in it. Um, and that—that's what I mean by like I want to like be taken seriously. Like, I'm going to take roles that are not what you would expect. Action movies, yes. Because yes. he also did Southland Tales yep. um, in 2006, Gridiron Gang, which is kind of like a um, an insp- inspirational sports movie. He got to act a little bit there. He's but that's not an obvious choice either. No, it's think. not. And I think he's quite good. And also, you know what? Around this time, and it's weird. This is going to come out weird, but I don't know how to put it. It's my favorite version of uh, the rock body <laughs> because he, he slims <laughs> down and he's not you. a hulking monster. Monster, like, yeah. He's, yes. Uh, he also has a great cameo in the Reno 911 movie. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but he did the game plan, which is a kid's movie, Disney kids movie. He did a couple Disney movies around this time. Um, he did get smart which is another comedy the other guys which he is fantastic in um but then yeah then we once fast five hits i think that's when he starts to get into okay because that's when he starts making uh, when he gets kind of his, his this, is movie star yeah. rock. this is movie so, star rock this is movie star yeah so he you know and he's got a weird period right if you look at his filmography follow along with us audience uh he's got this weird period where fast five hits and he's kind of still trying to figure out exactly what he's doing here because you get Journey Two, yep, which is him dabbling in stuff that he'd become certainly better known for later with the Jumanji movies and yes. Jungle Cruise. Then you got Snitch, which is him kind of dipping back into like, am I an action guy? Then you got GI Joe, which is a studio saying, can we have The Rock save our franchise? Yes. So like you've got this interesting. And then you got Pain and Gain, which is <laughs> the right. weird like I'm gonna try and do like a like a thing like I'm I'm I am actor, you know Dwayne Johnson. It's, yes. Yeah, and it then is. you get full on. I think from then on to now, you get full on. I am the Rock. I am the I am the brand. Yeah. And it's like Hercules, Furious Seven, San Andreas, Central Intelligence. More Fast and the Furious movies, Baywatch, Jumanji yeah, like movies, Rampage. There, his most interesting role there is um, the voice of Moana, the yeah. voice of Maui yeah. and Moana. And I think it might be, in some ways, I think it might be the role that like is most beloved for him in this, um, I, mm-hmm. in this, in this Erica era, which is kind of fun, um, funny, but. Yeah, you're right. Red Notice. Rock has become, but Rock is also a guy, and I think following his career, you can see this. He's also a guy. <laughs> that I don't want to say he gets bored, but once he hits a certain level, 
of something. I don't think Rock is under the impression that he's ever going to win an Oscar, which is what he would be like the next step in his acting career. Mm, so you mm. can tell he's kind of, I don't want to say he's checked out because I do, I mean, in his own way, but he's become a movie star and he acts like The Rock. He doesn't do much beyond acting like The Rock a lot of the times. And I think he's he's just yeah, kind of become, I agree. This, become this brand. And it's almost like he has gone into, it's not almost like he's gone into other ventures. He's got his like tequila brand and he's doing, He has gone into the same mode that- He's flirted that, with politics. Yeah. Yep. He's gone into the, the exact same trajectory just in a different time period with, with obvious, obviously slight variations as Arnold did. Honestly, right. he has. Right. Um, Arnold was a bodybuilder, uh, was not an actor was cast purely because of his physical looks. I lost you there, but that's exactly why the, why the um, rock got his yeah, I agree with what start you are with saying. like the um, mummy returns so, and stuff like that. Like yeah. it was like, Willie, look at the guy. Oh, no, like, you're back. You're back. Can you hear me, Willie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I tried to, I tried to kill time. We lost you there, but no, you're good. The, the rock, the rock followed the same trajectory in my opinion that Arnold did in a lot of ways where he, yep. he started off as uh, somebody who was not considered an actor um, took roles that were lower budget that maybe were not, you know, that just to try and break in, they wound up working out relatively well and found his groove and became an action, like became a brand. Like Arnold became Arnold. Like, like you say Arnold and you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, like there's no, like, there's no, like, you don't have to say the last name. He is a brand. Right. Arnie and the rock or Dwayne is a brand. Like there's no, there's a very similar, I think trajectory to those two careers. And I, I'll be honest. I hope we, I, I think the rock is more, is a better actor than Arnold uh, yes. ever was. That's not, I love Arnold. It's not a knock on him. I would love to see the rock do so, try and stretch a little bit. Just give something a shot. Because I think he'd do better than he thinks he would do, <laughs> or his management thinks he would do. I would love to see him try something. Um, but that being said, I do think we'll we will see him try stuff as he gets a bit older, like we've seen with Arnold. Because Arnold did some interesting stuff there for a little bit, right? Uh, so like lost you again like there, Maggie, really, but I like, will. I just wanted to add on to what you're saying too. Just odd, oh, odd stuff, you know. So yeah. Yeah, I we lost you again there for a second, but I wanted to add on what you're saying, then we'll get out of here because we seem to be having some problems. But I do want to also say that if because there are actors like John Cena and Batista that come from professional wrestling and Rock was really that first guy to break through in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I know Hulk Hogan did some stuff. He tried. He tried. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And there were other wrestlers, Terry Funk, of course, Kevin Nash had done some stuff. I mean, I love Suburban Commando, but, you know. Rock, Rock was the first one to really kind of break through and kind of yeah. blaze a trail for a lot of the wrestler turned actors that came after him. And I think a lot of those roles that we talked about around this time kind of opened it up for people like Batista to maybe take some uh, take some different roles and have pro wrestlers be seen in a different light. By yeah, Hollywood. for sure. For sure. So, and I think like Cena's doing some interesting stuff too now. Honestly, yes, sure. like I, I mean, I, 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 you know, Cena, Cena, as you know, he does action movies and, and, and he plays, you know, tough guys. He's done, he's done fast movies at this point, but, right. but like Peacemaker, which I have not watched. Sadly, I, I promise soon I will. 
like Peacemaker is a really interesting thing for him to do, I think. And he's done a lot of comedies too. He's done stuff mm-hmm. like uh, Blockers, and I can't remember the other thing. But he's done some. He's done some good work. Oh, was he in Trainwreck? Yeah. He was in Trainwreck. He was in the. Yeah, uh, he was a ton of fun. Was, he was very funny at that. So very good. So that's it for Doom. Any final thoughts yeah. on Doom? I've got none. Uh, it's, no, it's, Doom's it, fun. It, 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 I mean, it, it's worth a watch if you've not watched it going into this. It's worth a watch. Don't expect to remember much beyond the first person sequence, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit, and then we'll get out of here about what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks. I think we're going to try and do five weeks here, and we're going to be talking. It's going to be the summer of Cronenberg. So all summer summer of Cronenberg. Yes, (laughs) he is releasing his first film, uh, his first uh, horror horror film, like you know, body horror certainly. um, In God, in years, Uh, and uh, I think we're pretty excited for for that one. Um, I am. So we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be focused on, I think some of the, it depends. I mean, but some of the, his most commercially successful time period, but also sure. his horror heaviest time period. And that's the 1980s. We've narrowed it down. We're just going to, we're going to do his eighties output and we're going to tell him what it is. Gonna Tim. Go, we're going to go in order here. And I think we're going to start with scanners. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to go into Videodrome, then dead zone then the fly and then we're going to cap it off with dead ringers and we maybe we should throw in his episode of the friday the 13th tv series <laughs> at some point <laughs> i like forgot I yeah forgot. he does a, he does an episode called faith healer which i'm sure we can find somewhere in the bowels of the internet but well no um, well it's on uh tubi is right? friday the 13th oh friday the 13th is not on tubi no 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 nightmare. Uh, i'm sorry friday's nightmares is on tubi yep. friday's nightmares is on tubi so we're going to start in 1981 next week with Scanners. So I haven't seen, seen Scanners in a long time. So I'm excited. It's to been a while it. for me too. I like I like Michael Ironside. I like I like Cronenberg. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, I, we we should have done Cronenberg as an actor, Tim. I've watched him weekly for the past two years on Star Trek Discovery, but also I'm I know sorry, he's what? Next too. Yeah, he's I'm... on Star Trek Discovery. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I feel like we should take this off air, but we're not going to. Please explain. He plays a uh, so Star Trek Discovery at some point jumps about five years into the future. Okay, and I think Cronenberg is a. I think he's a Star Trek fan. I think it's kind of similar to how he got the role in Jason X, which is like he wanted to be killed by Jason in the movie. Right. So I think right, this right. is him. He wanted to be in a, like he's a Star Trek guy. He wanted to be in. Star Trek. So he plays a member. He's, uh, oh, and it films in Canada. That should be said too. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a. Uh, they're in the thirty second century or something, and he plays a Feder- Federation official. Um, does he wear yeah. the Star Trek shirt? Like, does he wear he, like he's, the? He's mostly in suit and tie. He does wear kind of like a, a pin. Okay, like a Trek okay. pin. So <laughs> he's kind of. Oh I would say God. he's like a. He's kind of like a consultant. I would can pair him to something kind of like a like a psychiatrist I this is say. incredible yeah oh, no, no, no. why didn't you tell me about this tim he's good on the show because discovery is insanely hit or miss for me it's the um it's not the best the best star trek show right now is strange new worlds which is amazing like legit amazing but uh discovery is much better than picard but discovery is also like there are episodes of discovery where i'm on my phone the whole time i'm just like this is boring like what are we doing here okay but then there are episodes where i i love it like it's great but Anyway, that's why I don't wow. talk about it much because sometimes I just I don't have much to talk about. But yeah, he has a recurring role 
on it. So there you go. Wow. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's it for this week. We're going to get out of here before we test our luck with the recording any further. Uh, Horrormovieyearbook yes. at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. All those places on social media. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time for Scanner. Stay safe out there. Mm-hmm.